1: listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
0: Welcome to the seventh episode of the Emerald Flow Show. We're part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And you can follow us on all major podcast uh, prog- uh, apps. And finally, after some technical difficulties, we're finally on Amazon Music. And if you follow us on, a- on Apple's podcasts, uh, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. And if you're so inclined, you can go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash donate and donate to our show. Any donations you make would be greatly appreciated. Paul, how are you doing?
1: Uh, Yeah, doing pretty okay. Really busy at work right now. And I literally woke up like five minutes ago. So (laughs) that's how I'm doing right now. Just still digesting the news that came out overnight. Yes,
0: and that's right on Dynamite tonight. Uh, Nosawa Rongai came out and met with Tony Khan. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and Tony Khan has bought Noah now.
0: (laughs) And uh, Kazuyuki Fujita will be facing uh, Hangman Page at uh, Double or Nothing.
1: I hope Hangman is ready to just get rolled up like a baby and pinned and get pulled up from the pin and then soccer kicked and then pinned for real.
0: Uh, But seriously, folks, we do have a little bit of breaking news. uh, Just as we were coming to record, we got our first match for the Jumbo Saruta uh, 23rd anniversary of his passing show on May 31st. Uh, So we've got uh, Suwama and Yuji Nagata will be teaming up to take on Taichi and Takamichi Noku. Paul, I'm a little uh, confused on who do you think will be doing the job here?
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like an interesting match on paper, at least. So that's nice. But I mean, I guess Taka's probably like Gonna take a fall here, I guess. Yeah,
0: and also announced uh, Stan Hansen will be coming to Japan for the first time in several years uh, since the pandemic started to make an appearance at that show. Uh,
1: That's gonna be really cool as well. Yeah, he's always he's always over there.
0: And uh, hope ideally uh, today we would have been reviewing the uh, Corkin Hall uh, 60th anniversary show with um, New Japan and All Japan. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, that hasn't shown up anywhere. And by anywhere, I mean either streaming services or even in uh, through nefarious means. Uh, the Joshi uh, show the day before uh, showed up uh, through nefarious means about six hours after it ended. I did watch it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, someone in the Voices of Wrestling Discord made a really good point that only Joshi fans are dedicated enough to spoof their IPs through a VPN, order a pay-per-view, <laughs> and uh, rip it and then upload it, uh, you know, and do that kind of thing. And I think that was pretty on point.
1: No, fair enough. I mean, to be fair, we have heard, like, some of the stuff that has come out of the shows, so some of the things that have happened there. So, like, for example, Kento flashing the Triple Crown title towards Taichi. So who knows if that will lead to anything. And I think, who was it again that wanted, like, a singles match as well? Someone?
0: Was it Shingo? And Yuma, or Yuma wanted to face Shingo and Naito, I think, maybe?
1: Yeah, something like that. I mean, that would be really cool, too. So who knows if that is just guys shooting their own angles, or if that's those are actual like plans they might have for some showdown like. Uh
0: Now it is airing on Samurai TV in early May, I believe, but people think that show might be clipped. Uh, I'm not sure how long it ran, because the Joshi show was like almost six hours. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to get the full version of that, but hopefully we can find it and at least give a little mini review at some point.
1: Uh, it'll turn up, turn up eventually. Like I assume that the moment the clip version hits samurai, it will become available somewhere. Right.
0: And so, um, this is a perfect time to record, also because we've got a lot to talk about with the Champion Carnival. Uh, we're in the middle; we've hit the half, just over the halfway point of the tournament, and the tournament doesn't get underway again until um, March. Or, sorry, April twenty third. So there's a lot to catch up on. And Paul, I just want to get your sort of initial thoughts of the tournament so far at the halfway point.
1: Yeah, I think it's been a really, really strong tournament so far. I don't think there's really been anything super blow away, but I think every match has been good. Like I'm really struggling to think of any match that was bad in the tournament. I think even the pe- even the guys in the tournament that people thought were like the weaker workers, like they've all over delivered. Like I think Kumarashi I think has delivered really, really well in the tournament. I think Yoshitatsu has been really, really good throughout the tournament. And everyone that you would have expected to be good has been really good. So I think this tournament is kind of perfectly positioned to kind of really deliver in a big way down the line because that's the way the champion carnival generally has been booked in the last couple of years. It's that you start off with a really hot night, as they did this year as well, and then it kind of just flattens out a little bit afterwards, and then it just peaks kind of at the end. So I expect that to happen here as well. And given that the standard kind of in this kind of flattening period that we're in right now is still really good, I think that gives me really high hopes for the end of the tournament. Right. And I'm going to have to apologize
0: to Kuma Arashi. I said I thought he would be the weak link in the tournament. Um, I was wrong. He's working really, really hard uh, for reasons that I think uh, we'll get into later that I think are kind of clear. And uh, Yoshitatsu um, has been good, you know, decent to good as well. Uh, you know, nothing obviously, like you said, blow away, but they are, you know, carrying their weight for sure.
1: Yeah. No, uh, so I I think I'm really happy with the field. Uh, I think so far, who would you say is like your MVP of the tournament so far? For me, that has to be Takuya Nomura, who obviously also has the advantage of having like all fresh matchups.
0: Yeah, I agree. Takuya Nomura is my MVP so far, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, he only has one match left, right, in the tournament, so we're not even going to see him really in the second half until we get to the final nights.
0: Right, yeah, and I think it's pretty clear that he's not making the the finals unless they do some really like crazy booking on the last couple yeah, of nights, no. but we'll get into all that. So we start on uh, April 9th, the first night at Osaka Edion arena, number two. Um, and so we, the first match of the tournament was in the B block when uh, Takuya Nomura beat Yoshitatsu in nine minutes and 45 seconds with a ground Cobra twist. Um, yeah, I mean, this was decent. I mean, I think it would was the weakest Nomura match. Uh, like, Yoshitatsu actually controlled most of the match, and then uh, Nomura just got a ground Cobra twist out of nowhere for the win. But, you know, it was fine.
1: Yeah, well, it was perfectly acceptable match. Uh, I, do, I do think, though, that that also kind of already showed that Yoshitatsu kind of came with his working boots on, because I think this was definitely already showed shown that, like, It was an above-average Yoshi match, match basically. So I think that already, like, kind of established it really well, like, the way he was going to work in this tournament.
0: And the second carnival match of the show, we had T-Hawk defeating Ryuki Honda in 7 minutes and 17 seconds with a cradle. Uh, I thought this was really good until the end lost me. Uh, Basically, T-Hawk basically no-sold... Uh, Honda's finisher the final event and then just like cradled him right after for the win in the flash pin I I thought that was a really like deflating ending but there was some good stuff earlier on in the match.
1: Yeah I actually would have liked the ending more if he didn't like no sold like the uh, finisher of Honda but I did like that uh, they somewhat protected uh, Honda with the finish because he did just get pinned with like a flash pin uh, and Like he didn't like properly like it was like it felt like a banana peel win for t-hawk uh so i think it somewhat protected honda as well and it still kind of put him over in a way and like yeah i think it just like from from that angle i think the finish was done well but yeah it was weird that he just kind of nosled the finisher there but i think otherwise it was good yeah
0: and they haven't really done it i would call a really good job protecting the final event because like kento yeah. kicked out of it in the triple crown tournament finals so i don't know i just would have given more care to that move
1: no absolutely like i've to me no one should have kicked out of the, out of that move for like two years like i mean to be i mean it's done now and like loads of people have like it's not protected But I think really what they should have done, especially if they want to build up Honda, as this kind of like big bruiser monster, then yeah, his finisher should just be deaf. No one should be able to kick out of it.
0: Next we had in the A block, uh, Shigehiro Irie defeated Shuji Ishikawa in 11 minutes and 33 seconds via referee stop. Uh, This was awesome. Uh, They went at it hard. There was like shoot headbutts. And then, uh, you know, Irie got like Ishikawa in the sleeper. Ishikawa was fighting out. And then... Um, Irie was doing the elbows to the neck and head and the ref stopped it that's uh, Irie's second straight win over Ishikawa in a singles match so it's very nice of the Booker man to put Irie over twice in a row and I thought this was actually the best match of the show
1: yep I agree that was awesome I think Irie is probably my second MVP after Nomura and we'll see how that develops as well kind of as he has more matches in the tournament as well. So I think he's done really, really well. And Ishikawa also, like they just both matched up really, really well in this match. So yeah, tremendous performance by both men. And yeah, as I said, that was the match of the night for night one. And then the A
0: block, uh, Shotara Ashino defeated Jake Lee in six minutes and 29 seconds with the ankle lock. Uh, It was fine for what it was you know Lee coming in you know doing his laugh that he does uh you know your mileage may vary on what you think of Jake Lee's uh heel laugh uh but uh and then sort of like Ashino like came back at the end with some suplexes got the ankle lock I would say given how you know Lee was beating up Ashino previously and making him his bitch this was sort of like an anticlimactic uh, victory for Ashino over
1: Jake Lee finally yeah I not really certain about this one I, to me that was probably the weakest match of the first night like it wasn't bad but it was also just kind of okay and it was weirdly short as well so as I said like Ashino finally gets a win over Jake and it's in like six minutes and this just match like it was just a match so yeah I don't know what that really means or if that means anything that they don't really see any value in like a long term Jake Lee Ashino feud so they just gave Ashino the win here.
0: Or Jake Lee's going to get another win over Ashino shortly.
1: Yeah, that might be an option as well. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's. I mean, again, like, because we're kind of speculating whether or not Ash- uh, like there will be, like, a tag title program involving Jake or if Jake just wins the carnival. And then challenges Kento. Like, if Jake does get, like, a tag title, like, match sooner... Then i would maybe expect this match to kind of play into it and but if he doesn't then yeah it just kind of feels like a bit of a waste
0: yeah and then for the big first big upset of the tournament kuma rashi defeated kento miyahara in 13 minutes and 26 seconds with a diving sentence off the top rope uh this is a lot of fun kuma brought his working boots on kento sold for him making him look like a big threat it was just a lot of fun didn't overstay its welcome and kuma kept up he was hitting drop kicks even and he's been hitting drop kicks through the tournament just to show how hard he's working and yeah i really like this a lot
1: yeah no this was great uh, yeah i did not expect uh kuma to win here uh, but i would assume that means that he will get a, a triple crown shot down the line mm, i mean i would expect so but then again, uh, Gianni Valletta has been like regularly pinning Kento in the Champion Carnival, and he never got a Triple Crown shot out of that. But I would expect that Kuma will get like a random like title match on like a minor show at some point in the summer. So I think that match, like after after having seen this match, I think the actual Triple Crown match that comes out of this could be like a really really good match because if this was like the preview for it, then I think. Uh, these two have like great chemistry and that could only be enhanced by being like in a proper big match.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I Since Kuma was talking about Triple Crown before the tournament, I would assume that this match is going to happen, which uh, interestingly enough, we're getting two Triple Crown matches in May because one was announced for the Sapporo Doubleheader on um, May 15th. And then they are doing another Triple Crown match on May 29th in and Hall. So... Yeah, I that seems like the perfect place
1: Kuma. to... Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I mean... But I think they already announced that the Triple Crown winner will get the shot in Sapporo, right?
0: Uh, actually, I'm not sure who the Carnival... Win- which one the Carnival winner gets.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Well, so it could be either then. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense to, like, have Kuma be the challenger in either of them. So... Yeah,
0: and then our main event, another I would say upset, but one that was sort of expected. Yuma Aoyagi defeated Suwama in fourteen minutes and thirty seconds with the Fool, which I think is a modified Rockstar Buster, but with like a little twist that he does when he hits it. Um, it's like because he ha, he because Suwama kicked out of the first Rockstar Buster, but yeah, I mean I thought. This was the second basement match of the show didn't quite get up there on some crazy level but uh yuma looked good and he got the big win over suwama which is his only second ever uh singles victory over a, f- a former triple crown champion he's defeated chuji shikawa in the champion carnival before so that's a big win for yuma
1: yeah uh i agree as i went in probably with like a bit too high expectations so i came away didn't quite get to those heights it was still a really, really, really good match though and really nicely showed kind of Yuma's progression as well where he is just like on the level of a Tsubama now, which he wasn't really like two years ago, whereas now they're just equals and you can just beat him straight up. So, and Subama also sold it that way as well, where he wasn't like, oh, this guy isn't on my level, so I can just easily beat him. Like, he took Yuma like, seriously from the get-go. And yeah, I thought just a really good effort by both men and it made Yuma look strong, like he was the one that really came out of the show, I think, looking the best or looking like the strongest, basically. So and I think that's something that kind of has carried on throughout the tournament as well.
0: Yeah. And uh, I agree with you. My expectations were a little higher. So maybe I I guess was saying let down seems a little strong, but it wasn't quite what I thought in terms of the heights it sort of hit and another thing i noticed is like in yuma's interest like his charisma is just off the charts now like when he's by himself it's different a little different when he's like teaming with kento because kento's right there but like yuma by himself coming out as a singles wrestler he like he is just oozing charisma
1: now Mm -hmm. and i think it really helps like as you said like it doesn't really come across that much when he is teaming with kento but i think having teamed with kento for so long now because they've been like like, aside from that brief heel turn that he did, they've been together for, like, what, like, five years now in a faction? Longer, maybe? No, it would be, like, five years. So I think, like, you just kind of, like, learn some stuff from Kenton, like, it somewhat rubs off on you as well. And as you gain more confidence, which Yuma very clearly has, like, now his charisma has, like, really come out in a really big way. And, yeah, I like ever more so like i was always i was already confident that he was going to be a triple crown champion but i think like having watched him so far in this tournament like now i'm like i think it's just a matter of time until he wins that title
0: oh yeah for sure i mean it could be as early as this year but uh, we will see so that was the first night of the champion carnival and then we moved to the second night on april 10th at uh in hamamatsu in shizuoka uh, prefecture And the first carnival match of the show was in the A block where we saw uh, Suji Ishikawa defeating T-Hawk in nine minutes and 43 seconds with the air scissors drop is what the move is called, but it's like a Thez press basically where he just holds you down and for the pin. Um, Yeah, I mean, I thought this was kind of good and the finish was another like sort of flash pin out of nowhere. Uh, Now it sort of makes sense because of, you know, how large Ishikawa is compared to someone like T-Hawk. I guess it sort of met my expectations. I mean, it was a, it was like a, a three and and a quarter match, you know, solid work. But then just the finish came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say about this match either. Like it was, it felt like just a match and then the finish came out of nowhere. So yeah, it's not really all that much you can say about this one. It was a match. Yeah.
0: And the next match in the B block, speaking of great matches, Takuya Nomura defeated Yuma Eoyagi in 11 minutes with a dragon suplex hold. What a banger. No more, like, you know, the match against Yoshitachi was good, but this is really, like, we're getting into the Nomura zone here with this one. It was just awesome.
1: Yeah, no, this was great. I think this was also, like, the first Match either singles or tag that they've had against each other. Like, I'm trying to think if they've ever, like, would have faced each other. If they did, it would have been
0: in a six man. I was going through Nomura's All Japan um, uh, records, and basically, before this carnival, it was all like tag and six man matches on, like, that were like on the first couple of matches of the shows on the undercard.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, this was tremendous. Uh, Yeah, as I said, this really kind of showed the level of worker that Nomura actually is. And I think he worked really, really well uh, with Yuma, and I, like, I hope they bring Nomura, uh, Nomura back going forward as well, like, also like, as a guy that can like, work singles matches as well. Like, I think he's actually, I hope he's in the Champion Carnival again next year, just so that they can run this match back, so we can get like the rematch and everything. So, because I, lo- I thought this match was really, really good. And I would love to see it again.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, I believe he is challenging with uh, Fuminori Abe, the astronauts. They're challenging Okami, which is Hideyoshi Kamatani and uh, uh, Daichi Hashimoto Daichi. on uh, May 5th for the Big Japan tag titles. So, if they don't win those, and I don't think they're going to, um, although I don't really have a good feel for Big Japan booking right now.
1: But, yeah, no, maybe Nomura could pick up some more All Japan shots. Yeah. I mean, the Big Japan tag division has kind of been built around astronauts for, like, the last little while. So I wouldn't be shocked if they just win them right back. So, But I also think there's a chance, as you said, that they don't win the match, and that would kind of free up both Abe and Nomura to, like, pick up more shots, like, elsewhere as well, which I'm all in favor of.
0: And then in the main event of the show in the B Block, Kento Miyahara and Suwama uh, had a time limit draw, 30 minutes. Uh, sort of interesting that the top two stars of the company after night two have no victories. Um, you know, I mean, this is a Kento versus Suwama match. Uh, certainly not in their upper tier. I thought it was better than their, like, 10-minute match that they had in the in the um, uh, Triple Crown tournament back in January. But, I mean it was obvious quite early on what they were doing because Suwama was doing mat work. And when, you know, Suwama starts doing mat work at the beginning of the match, you know, this one's going long, but I mean, it was good, like three and a quarter, three and a half, but you know, um, I, although I saw some people who liked this a lot more than I did. So your mileage may vary.
1: Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, as I said, it was definitely a lot better and the uh, match they had in the Triple Crown Tournament at the beginning of the year. Uh, again, this at this point where we're at with kind of Suvama versus Kento is that it's kind of one of those feuds where they just play the hits basically because they have had so many matches against each other that it's probably kind of hard for them to come up with anything new really. And so they just kind of go and do the things that they would always do in the match against each other. Um, I did like the finishing sequence, though. There was some nice urgency in there from both men as it became clear that like they were gonna go the distance or get close to it at least. So both men just like you could really feel the desperation of neither man wanting to go to the draw and actually wanting to win the match. So I really really liked that part of the match. And then, but yeah, otherwise, like it seemed pretty clear at the beginning that they were like stalling for time. They were going to go long, which I think hurt the match a little. But because the finishing sequence was really, really strong, like I thought, I thought it was still a really good match.
0: Okay, and then we go to night three, which was on April 11th at uh, Corrick and Hall. This is a Monday night. So I wouldn't panic at only 430 fans on a Monday night in Cork and Hall, not on a holiday. Because uh, uh, I think New Japan's still doing some pretty dismal Cork and Hall weeknight numbers too, even though things are opening up more so
1: I think everyone is like I think no one is actually able to sell tickets for like weekday korokans right now yeah
0: no no yeah if you like if you look at the New Japan shows that are doing well in Korokan, they're on the weekends and they have something big to them so even they're still in the doldrums on the weeknights when it's just another bazillion tags between chaos and LIJ and that kind of thing
1: yeah I mean everyone just kind of needs to stop running Korokan during the weekdays for like I don't know six months (laughs) and then maybe you'll be able to like draw there again because that building is just completely and utterly burned out like it's burned to send us at this point
0: so the first champion carnival match of the show was in the b block yoshitatsu defeated kuma arashi in nine minutes and 43 seconds with a jackknife hold um yeah i mean this was a fun little simple match like a three star three and a quarter match uh i've been sort of critical of these flash finishes But I think Yoshitatsu hitting a jackknife after, you know, Kuma missing a top rope senton makes sense. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, this was definitely not some sort of match that I thought could have been the weakest in the tournament. It might technically be, but, you know, it was not bad.
1: I think a lot of people were actually dreading this match uh, when they saw the blocks announced. And I would say there's probably some people that need to eat crow on this now uh, because it like yeah they said like it wasn't like an amazing match but i think it was perfectly acceptable it was uh i think it was within the working standard of the tournament like it didn't stick out in a negative way uh, or anything and yeah i think both men kind of worked really hard not sure how much chemistry they have with each other but i think they like kind of did well within their means and delivered a good match
0: yeah and it was under 10 minutes too right so
1: it... yeah exactly didn't overstay its welcome or anything like that like they went they came in they did their stuff and then they uh, went out like on time and that was good
0: and the next match was in the a block uh t-hawk defeated uh shotaro ashino in 12 minutes and five seconds with what's listed as called a cradle called the pret um this was really good until the finish was just another like t-hawk roll-up which is was getting sort of glaring at this point with the number of roll-ups that this tournament has had especially with T-Hawk but I thought this was really great work until um they till the finish and one thing I noticed is that it's really cool when Ashino gets to actually throw around wrestlers that are smaller than him because his suplexes look even more impressive I mean it's cool when he managed to throw around wrestlers bigger than him, but, like, the amount of air that T-Hawk was getting on some of those
1: suplexes was great. Yeah, the one thing that is probably kind of confusing for me so far in the tournament is T-Hawk's booking. Because, as you said, he has these, like, great matches and then he just wins on a flash pin. So I'm not sure if that is, like, because that's just how he wins his matches. Like, I'm not sure if that is, like, supposed to, like, lead anywhere or if there's, like, a reason why he's booked this way so it, it's just very odd like I can't really put my finger on it so, but I mean we've talked about before where like T-Hawk feels kind of weirdly lost in the booking and like every promotion that he's in and kind of feels like that here where he's like he's given a lot in the matches but then he's not really allowed to like win it in a proper way
0: Yep. T-Hawk doesn't even get to team with Shima in Shima's 25th anniversary match
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he gets the team with Shingo, which now that talking about like massive surprises coming out, like who cares about an AEW New Japan joint show. Let's talk about the fact that Shima and Shingo are like teaming together despite the fact that they hate each other. By uh, based on like all reports that I've gotten.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's just sort of more proof that T Hawk is not, I think, top of priority right now
1: no he, he's not at all like that's yeah, i think we talked about this as well when we did the preview it's like he's just completely lost in the shuffle like he probably would actually benefit from like leaving strong hearts or might even have to leave great to just to like i don't know rebuild himself and like kind of become his own man
0: right i don't think he's leaving great i think no he's not. Uh, things are actually looking pretty good in the company overall but yeah he is getting lost in the shuffle
1: Wow. Yeah and then this is match like like i said like this match just kind of felt emblematic of it where it's just like great performance but like weird booking that just doesn't really help T-Hawk in any way but i guess at least it protected Ashino again same with Honda, where like yeah i don't know they get protected in the finish here but they only get protected in finishes against T-Hawk right
0: and then ma- next match after this uh, Suwama in the B-block, Suwama defeated Takuya Nomura in 11 minutes and 9 seconds with a lariat. And this was another awesome Nomura performance. You know, Nomura came in there, grappled with Suwama. Suwama didn't take him seriously at first, but Nomura showed his chops. And then it just escalated from there. Great finish where Suwama just hits a stiff-ass lariat. You think Nomura is kato but Nomura gets back up and then Suwama just levels him with another lariat that left a mark. If you saw some of the pictures that (laughs) Nomura tweeted out and uh, yeah, and then he pinned him. It's just another great match. And this was something I had listed on um, one of my most eagerly uh, anticipated matches because I thought, no, I think these two can actually have a bit of a banger and they went out there and did.
1: Yep. I agree. It's like, especially that lariat at the finish. I mean, you talked about it, like how Stiff it was, but like it was just like it was legitimately one of the stiffest lariats I've ever seen. Which I think that's saying something. Like if given how stiff lariats can be in like Japanese wrestling, like this was like a top level stiff lariat. And yeah, as you mentioned as well, like the Nomura's face was just completely swollen up afterwards. Like he just took that right on his on his cheek, and yeah, just swelled up massively. Uh, As I said, yeah, this was a great match. Uh, I think this was my match of the tournament up until this point. Uh, I don't think it's still my match of the tournament because we'll talk about that one uh, a little bit later. Uh, But, like, regardless, like, this really established Nomura as kind of like the kind of MVP of the tournament for me, and then he just has kind of kept up. that level of work uh, since this match as well so yeah just tremendous effort
0: yeah and then the main event of the show jake lee defeated Su- uh ishikawa in 22 minutes and 43 seconds with the d4c uh, i think it might be the high man on this i really got into this by the end i know there was some sort of slow and a little plotting parts in the middle and stuff but i thought jake actually carried himself quite well in this match and the last few minutes were pretty good
1: uh, yeah, I think generally Jake has kind of been doing pretty well in the tournament. I think he's also become a lot better at like working heal as well, so that definitely helps too. But yeah, I think at some points this match was like lacking a little bit in urgency, so that hurt it for me. But I think it was a good match overall. But I think also what hurt it for me as well is that it came after Suwama versus uh, Nomura, which to me was just like a better match all around so yeah i think probably if i watched this one a vacuum i'll probably come away liking it a lot more than i did in real time just still coming off the glow from savama versus nomura
0: yeah absolutely um the placement did not help and given how much <laughs> the, the uh, previous match was a banger and so we go uh to night four on April 13th at Yokohama at the Horugaya Public Hall. Uh, the first carnival match of that show was in the A Block War. Uh, Shotaro Ashino defeated Ryuki Hana in 9 minutes and 40 seconds with the ankle hold. Uh, good match. Not as good as their um, last man standing match at Oda War Gym, uh, but good. And I thought, you know, Ashino sort of told the story here that he had finally sort of won the rubber match against... Ashino, I'm sorry, against Honda and put him away. You no, know, Honda looked good here and he got some stuff, but I felt like this was a, a pretty definitive win for Ashino to sort of, you know, move on from their feud.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a feud. And uh, like, it wasn't where the feud peaked because that was obviously the last man standing match. And then this one was just kind of the match that ended the feud definitively. That's just, no, Ashino won. And uh, yeah. I probably was a little bit disappointed but that was just because of how great the last man standing match was and this kind of felt more like just a match uh but it was good for what it was and yeah that's pretty much all I can say and then the next
0: match was in the a block Jake Lee defeated Shigehiro Irie in 13 minutes and one second with the d4c this might be a bit of a hot take, but I thought Jake Lee played the heel in this match as basically as bad as well as I've ever seen him do so. I'm not saying that, that makes him the, the greatest heel of, of all time or anything like that, but I just think it was like there's been a progression of Lee since he's come back slowly and slowly being a little more confident, being a little bit of a better heel. I thought it really shown through here you know, and the work was you know solid enough I thought Irie sort of maybe did a lot of the heavy lifting with his selling and everything like that because he can play uh, despite his you know size he can still play a plucky little underdog baby face pretty well and he did so here
1: yeah I thought this was a really good match actually uh, as I said Drake did really well playing the heel here and like it, the match just immediately felt like different like it felt like a lot more hotter than like uh, than like Jake's previous matches simply because of like Jake uh, kind of height shaming Irie at the beginning of the match, where he's just like looking straight over his head and just pretending not to see him, because he's just so much taller than Irie and Irie just getting pissed off, and just like laying into Jake at the beginning of the match and then just kind of keeping up that like higher pace. So I think it really helped Jake to work with Irie, who's someone that is has like a lot of intensity. Uh, So Jake kind of played off of that really, really well. And yeah, I think this was my favorite Jake match uh, in the tournament so far. And uh, maybe he will have a better performance in this, but uh, if he has, then that would be an absolutely amazing match because this was really, really good and his best performance by far. So yeah, no, I came away like really, really positive from this match.
0: Yeah, I I think... uh it's a good sign of where maybe Jake will be by the time the tournament is over. And so we go to the main event in the B block. My most eagerly awaited match of the tournament, Kento Miyahara defeated Takuya Nomura in 16 minutes and three seconds with the shutdown German suplex hold. Uh, This was as awesome as you expected. Just great work from both men. And great selling from Kento, some intensity from Nomura going after Kento's left arm that got actually, there was a point where like uh, Nomura reversed a move into a, a cross arm breaker in the sort of closing stretch of the match that got some audible gasps from the crowd, but then Miyahara fought back and got the win this is just awesome, what I expected uh, if anything else, I wish this had gotten like another 10 minutes
1: Yeah, this was great, I think I went like uh, four and a quarter on this match, this was Really tremendous work, and by far far and away, the best match in the tournament so far. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. I mean, and as you said, like for me as well, this was like my most anticipated match in the entire tournament, and it just delivered at an extremely high level. These are two elite level workers. Like Kento is like one of the top five best wrestlers in the world right now, and Takuya Nomura isn't that far behind. So. Obviously, this, I went in with like extremely high expectations and it actually managed to fulfill it, which I'm very, very happy about, because there was definitely a chance, like it just being kind of in the middle of the carnival, in also not that big of a venue, that they were just kind of going to go out there and just kind of have a match. But no, this really felt like both men kind of knew that they are like two great workers and that they wanted to like show it off when f- now that they finally got a chance to like have a singles match against each other. So I thought this was, like, tremendous. And uh, every other match in the carnival, like, this is the standard that they will have to, like, live up to to be, like, a great champion carnival match this year.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, talking about, like, working in front of a small crowd, like, these, you know, obviously Nomura has, like, plenty of stiff strikes but at the end of the day they're not like two guys that are constantly dropping people or themselves on their heads right so they can mm-hmm. work a really smart match which they did here with the armwork and everything and still make it like incredibly compelling
1: yeah yeah so yeah no i think the psychology as well was like worked perfectly as well and uh, i think kento actually gave nomura uh, quite a bit as well which was great to see and uh, but it like the win at the end still felt definitive as well so I think he just kind of like worked it perfectly that way. Yeah.
0: And then so we go to the fifth and final night of the tournament so far. That was on April 13th, or sorry, on April 15th at Shinkiba First Ring. And. In the first Carnival match of the show, in the A-block, Shigehiro Irie defeated Ryuki Honda in 10 minutes and 8 seconds with his sort of... It's called the flying headbutt, but it's not a flying headbutt off the top rope. It's like he runs at you and then dives headfirst at you.
1: Um, It's like... Yeah, it's like Ilias Torpedo Moscow.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I thought this was good. Maybe not quite what I was expecting from these two, but they sort of did lay into each other a bit. And then... Irie just sort of, you know, powered up in one.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like this, like the Shankiva show to me has been like the weakest of the tournament so far. Yeah. Because every match on this show just feels like a match and this was one of them. Uh, I mean, what I will say is that it actually made me look forward to like sometime down the future when Irie and Honda will have like another singles match because this was like a first good effort but yeah it was also just kind of there
0: and then uh in the b block yuma Aoyagi defeated yoshitatsu in nine minutes and 11 seconds with a cutback when yoshitatsu went for the sort of flat liner that he uses to set up the yoshitatsu uh, fantasy uh, which is the koji clutch um yeah i mean this is another match that's just there again not a bad match by any means uh which is sort of like you know good sign for yoshitatsu i guess Uh, Yuma didn't do that much, he just sort of came and won out of nowhere. Again, another sort of out of nowhere win in the tournament. But again, nothing bad, nothing offensive or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, this really felt like you could actually feel that, like, the wrestlers were, like, at the end of, like, a pretty grueling, like, stretch of shows. So everyone, like, and this especially, like, Yuma has had some, like, bangers early in the tournament and has worked, like, relatively long matches as well. So he just kind of went in here and just kind of wanted to take it easy against Yoshitatsu. So he actually let Tatsu do, like, most of the work and then just got the win at the end.
0: Yeah, which is not unlike what happened on the first night with Yoshitatsu against Nomura.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like really that's Yoshitatsu's kind of role. It's just, like, the guy, like, he's the guy people take the night off against and just let him kind of do his thing and then they just beat him. (laughs) And then uh,
0: after that uh, was in the A block, Shuji Ishikawa defeated Shotaro Ashino in 12 minutes and 36 seconds with the Splash Mountain. Uh, As someone that scrutinizes every booking um, thing that happens to Ashino in this company, this didn't really bother me because uh, Ashino's actually defeated Ishikawa in the last two champion carnivals, which I don't think a lot of people realize. (laughs) He's actually gotten some big wins in the champion carnival, but that doesn't really necessarily translate... Uh, into his other matches, you know, I guess it was good enough. Again, it was just kind of there. Not the sort of Ishikawa uh, workhorse that we've been seeing uh, him lately, including earlier in the tournament, but I mean, it was fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, these two definitely, as you said, they wrestled each other quite a bit in a champion carnival previously. Uh, So uh, they have some experience against each other, but like this definitely felt like both men kind of holding back and not really wanting to do all that much uh, yeah booking's fine I mean like Ashino can't win like every match in a tournament so and Shuji Shikawa is like a like former Triple Crown Champion like don't have any issues with him beating Ashino and yeah that was it was a match and
0: then our main event uh Suwama in Block B Suwama defeated Kumarashi in 14 minutes and 48 seconds with a backdrop suplex um i thought this was the best match of the show uh it this was not as good as kento versus um uh, kuma but kuma worked hard again and um you know looked good you know doing drop kicks and everything and you know they just hit each other really hard and then he was a little slow at points in like the middle and then you know suan won
1: i mean kuma clearly didn't get the memo of everyone wanting to take this night off because yeah, as I said, he actually worked hard in this match. But I think that just really shows like how motivated he is to like just show off what he can do. That like even on this like random ass Shinkiba show, he is still going out there and putting in a good effort. Uh, I think Suwama kind of held his own. Like he definitely was holding back, but I think he was also like I think he also wanted to like help Kumar or Rashi as well. So Yeah, he was selling yeah. in
0: this was really good, like yeah. he was trying to put over Kuma as, like, powerful.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, every, like he, it was still clear that he was, like, holding back to some degree, but he also still, like, put in a good effort for this match and, yeah, as I said, he sold really well for Kuma, Rashi, and put him over properly. So, easily the best, like, not, nothing blow away, but definitely by far the best match on the show. Um, they did look both a little gassed towards the end. Though. Well, that's not really surprising. <laughs>
0: um, but you know, but they didn't. It didn't fall apart or anything. Far from it. Uh, I would just say though, if Kuma is getting a triple crown shot, probably could use a bigger
1: win. <laughs> a big win, another just big win, beating Kento. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: you like if he just ends up with two points and then gets a triple crown shot, even though he pinned the champ. Eh, that's not how I would have booked
1: it. No, that that definitely would be a bit of a weird decision, but. I mean, how many more matches does he have left in a tournament? He's probably also Uh, mostly done. So this, I'm going to
0: have to pull up here uh, because it's not many. Because he's been on, like, almost every show. So he's at least gotten, like, uh, three or... Yeah, I don't think he's had four, but he's had three at least. And so what does he have left here? Uh, Because we might as well just pull up these uh, upcoming shows because they're going to tell us a lot. Uh, So he has... um, Oh, he's only... No. So, he faces Yuma on April 23rd.
1: I mean, that would be a big win, but I'm not sure if I wouldn't want to put Yuma over there.
0: <laughs> and then he faces uh, Takuya Nomura on the last night before the finals.
1: I mean, I, I would classify that as a good win. Like, and it probably doesn't matter. Well, well here's the thing. Nomura like, he has
0: four points, and I don't think he's leaving with a losing record.
1: Okay. So, he... I mean, so in that but uh, but again, like, in that case, yeah, like, who does Kuma beat in that case? <laughs> he does he Yuma? beat Yuma? Yeah. Not sure if I'm a big fan of that, but yeah, I mean it depends. Who, like, well, to be fair, now they are kind of halfway right through. Who do you think is going to the finals?
0: I still think it's going to be Suwama versus Jake, but I really want it to be Yuma versus Jake.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, because I think the way Yuma has been like working in this tournament, like, I would want to see him in the final. So in that case he would have to beat kuma
0: right uh they might just have him kuma finish with two points and challenge anyway that wouldn't shock yeah. me the way the this company books sometimes right
1: yeah i mean yeah because he is still like the guy that got to win and, and, over and he uh, might give kento, him another
0: yeah. win over kento win like a tag match leading up to the the match too right
1: yeah way where, where he doesn't just pin like i don't know like Atsuki Yagi, like he actually pins Kento in attack match and that's how he gets yeah uh, his triple crown shot. Like, yeah, yeah that, that wouldn't shock me.
0: Because again, like the most intriguing uh, sort of like final scenario type thing is like on that last night in Nagoya on the 29th, you've got the Nomura versus Arashi, Kuma Arashi. You have Suwama versus Yoshitatsu, and then you have Kento versus Yuma. Right, hmm. and so I could see Suama just beating Yoshitatsu, and then Kento and Yuma drawing, and Suama going through. But I could see Yoshitatsu upsetting Suama, and Kento and Yuma yeah. both drawing, and then you, but Yuma sneaking through, because Kento would have had two draws in the tournament. I mean, Yuma even might beat Kento, but I would save that big final singles win, personally.
1: Yeah, uh, I I think given the history between Yoshitatsu and Suwama, like, I think it's perfectly believable that he will upset Suwama. Um f- Yeah, I'm still having kind of a hard time to figure out the B block. Like, I think the A block seems to pretty clearly come down to Jake Leia. Like, I think that's already kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of who comes out of the B block. I mean, it could also still be Kento.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
1: But th- so, that's like, still, I think to me, there's to like three people game. in the mix in that block right now. Oh, sorry? Uh, to me, there's three people in the mix in that block right now. It's Kento, Yuma, and Suwama. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, eh,
0: Takuya Nomura still being in the mix would be cool, too, but I never really expected that, <laughs> even though a Jake no. versus Nomura final could be
1: incredible, actually. It really could be, but, like, yeah, I, I was never, like... To me, that was never really, like, a, an option. Like, I hope they actually... like. I, like I said, I hope they put no no more and the champion carnival again next year and then maybe they put him in the same block as Jake.
0: yeah that would uh be ideal or you know I mean maybe Jake gets the triple crown back and then they have no more challenge for it or something <laughs> I don't know uh where we're we gonna go with that I don't think that's gonna happen but uh yeah that's a match that I really want to see So that's champion carnival thus far i think it has been a very good tournament it's been the best tournament of the best champion carnival of the pandemic era i will say oh easily easily. (laughs) that's not hard to top no (laughs) Um, and i don't know i like i keep seeing all these these reports out of japan is like um things are getting restricted and clearly some buildings are letting in more people i mean that all japan new japan show had 1500 in Korokin which to me means that they have opened up all the seats, but I don't think they're allowing the standing seats up on the balcony right now. That seems to be the case.
1: Yeah, they also still um, have a uh, a socially distance sections as well, where okay. like, it, like it is for people that don't want to sit directly next to someone else. So I think that is also kind of going to limit how many tickets you can actually sell.
0: Right, but it's definitely, you can sell more though, a lot more. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. absolutely. It's
0: like maybe 80% if anything right
1: yeah yeah i think that's probably like a realistic expectation but again that this is like a building by building thing yeah. as well so that like I think from what i understand last, right? like it makes it so owned by hard
0: the cities are yeah. a little more cautious
1: yeah yeah exactly like because so many buildings are owned by the municipality and then it depends kind of on the like municipal government how cautious they are and how many tickets they're willing to sell and yeah unless you know how each like government of each city in japan is which uh, good luck <laughs> and like it gets really hard to actually get a good read on like some of these ticket sales
0: and i think crowds are getting a little louder too they're more willing to uh make some noise at times
1: yeah i mean you can like i've i think also what it seems to be is as well that like outside you're probably like a lot more like allowed to like make noise because i actually watched a uh Hardhead actually uploaded a tag match that they did uh, where they ran a show in, like, some, like, minor league baseball park. Uh, Basically, they just had, like, a ring in the middle uh, of the field and then had some seats around it, like, they didn't, like... But, like, people at that show were making noise because it was outside. Mm -hmm. Like, there were, like, actual crowd calls and everything uh, at that show. So that, I think, might be also something that maybe some promotions are going to log into for the summer, if people still aren't allowed to make noise inside, that they might run more shows outside as well, just so that people are, like, allowed to make noise.
0: For sure. I'm sure, has New Japan announced another, like, stadium shows this summer? I'm not sure.
1: I don't think they have yet, Uh, but I don't think they've really announced, like, venues for the G1 yet, I think. So uh, they have announced that the G1 is like back in summer, but I don't think they've like announced where the finals are. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they like do another show in like Jingu stadium for sure.
0: Well, uh, that's the champion carnival. I recommend if you haven't been watching all Japan in a while, and I don't completely blame you, although I don't think it's quite as bad as some people claim, this is a good time to, uh, jump back in, uh, for sure. I think, right. It's easy to watch. If you just watch the tournament the tournament matches on the shows they're quick you know i think the longest tournament well there was a 30 minute draw but other than that the only the second longest was like 22 minutes most of the other longer main events are like around 15 so really easy stuff to watch yeah so just take the time to do it and i think hopefully we'll get a really big awesome final because really i think if all japan wants to get some attention they need well, this is why I think Yuma should be in the finals, right? <laughs> because I think what Jake and Yuma could probably do is we'd get a lot of eyeballs on them and have a killer yeah. match.
1: Yeah, I agree. I've, I think like the final is going to be really good. And yeah, as I said, this is like the perfect time to jump into all Japan or jump back into all Japan, because they're kind of like setting stuff up for the future as well uh, in the tournament. So I think, like, you're kind of good, like, you kind of get to know every major character in the promotion just from watching them in this tournament, and then you're kind of good to go from there to, like, uh, watch the promotion going forward.
0: I think at this moment we're in the process of trying to get people to jump back into All Japan that dropped off before yep. we can get back people that haven't been watching it at all into it.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, so... Uh, I mean, to be fair, they also kind of need to get back crowds as well. So I think that might be one of the reasons why they're kind of structuring it the way they are. Yeah. Because I think their first and foremost effort is probably going to be like get people that used to go to shows that maybe have only watched through all Japan TV or through like normal TV during the pandemic to like convince them to come to shows again. For
0: sure. I mean, people don't remember this. I think. But in 2019, before the pandemic, All Japan was the third largest drawing company in Japan after New Japan and Dragon Gate. And they were significantly ahead of NOAA. So there's people out there that were going to those shows.
1: Yeah. And that really is like the big question, I think, for every Japanese promotion is like, what percentage of your, pre- of your pre-pandemic live audience is actually going to come back because Japan is still mainly a ticket business like wrestling in Japan is a ticket business, not a rights uh, business like it is in the US. So really the main effort of Japanese promotions right now has to be to convince people to come back to the shows and actually sell out these shows when they have like full or near full capacity to sell.
0: Right, definitely. And so with that, uh, before we get into pro wrestling, Noah, let's get a word from our sponsor, HelloFresh. And so what is HelloFresh? Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get convenience without skimping on quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in long lines and ensuring you don't waste money on any excess food. Warm yourself up from the inside out with limited time recipes inspired by cozy classics from around the world like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue or miso sesame shrimp bacon ramen. Um, HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality and you can save on average over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery sh- shopping. That's money back in your pocket and uh, just seeing like all of these inflation records that we haven't seen um, getting hit, it's probably a really good time to lock in some HelloFresh orders before you know food prices keep going up for sure, right?
1: yeah i think definitely like this is the time for you like this is the perfect time to get a saving by going through hellofresh because i've noticed it here as well that prices have gone up significantly and i think that's only going to go up from here as well
0: yep so uh, lock in those uh, orders now and you can do that you can go to hellofresh.com vow16 and use code vow16 for up to 16 free meals and three Free gifts. Remember, that's HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16 and use code V-O-W-16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Remember, HelloFresh, it's America's number one meal kit. And so we go to Pro Wrestling at Noah. Uh, they had a couple of shows we're not going to spend too much time on, but there was a couple of matches I wanted to, just to talk about on... April 8th in Corakin Hall they drew um, 382 fans as we were talking about weekday shows in Corican. Uh basically uh, what I just wanted to say here was the head Suzuki Suzuki versus Katsuhiko Nakajima time limit draw Paul did you get a chance to see this yeah this
1: was amazing I loved this match uh, I think I really like when I watched it I kind of like wasn't fully paying attention because I kind of just watched it to kind of complete it but like Like, then I kind of got drawn into the match, so I kind of, to really properly evaluate it, I actually kind of need to go back and watch it from, like, start to finish with, like, full concentration. Because, like, about halfway through, I think, that's when I really, like, started, like, getting sucked into the match. But, like, from what I saw there, like, this was amazing. Like, I think these are, like, two tremendous workers, and they really showed it here. And, I mean, kind of contrary to Hideki's reputation, uh, he actually gave Nakajima quite a bit in this match. Like, it, did, it, it ended up being a time limit draw, so like, he didn't put him up properly, but I think he actually like sold quite a bit for... He sold a lot more than he normally does, uh, especially in singles matches. So I think this was really, really great. And I think when I go back and watch it in full, with full concentration, I think it actually has a chance to like get onto like, my match of the year candidate list.
0: Uh, I thought this was really good. I wouldn't go quite match the year level, but I would go like four, maybe four and a quarter. It was excellent. Uh, what did you think of that time limit draw though? Because this is their second thirty minute time limit draw. Uh,
1: I mean, I don't know if that's just like Hideki not wanting to get the. But then, like, if Hideki doesn't want to put Nakajima over, then he would just beat him. So, I'm actually curious if this will like lead to something down the line, and I kind of expect these two to be in like the same block now in the n1 which like given how good this match was that actually would be a really really good idea and i think in that case that will be like probably one of my most highly anticipated matches for that entire tournament
0: yeah uh the only other thing i will mention on the show is i really liked Hio of zebras and dragon gate uh, versus junta miyawaki i thought that was a lot of fun Heel was a great Heel, came across as one even though he's smaller than Milwaukee, and Heel won with the Panther clutch in 9 minutes and 29 seconds. It's a lot of fun, and it's sort of a good way to build up to the sort of uh, Zebrats versus um, um, Noah Jr. match on the uh, An innovation show coming up at the end of the month.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean Heel, like he's the big brain master, so and I mean he is small even by Dragon Gate standards. Uh, but I think he just plays his character perfectly, so yes, and I, I think that really helps. Kind of, like you don't really notice how small he actually is once the match actually starts, just because of how great his character work is.
0: Yeah, and then to uh, the following night on the ninth at Corrigan Hall that drew four hundred twenty-two fans. Uh, I will just get into the semi-main event, I thought it was a lot of fun, it was Goshiozaki, Kaito Kiyomiya, Deki and Naba, versus Naomichi Marafuji, Masato Tanaka, and Masaki Mochizuki, and uh, Kiyomiya got the submission over uh, Mochizuki with a double arm lock, not going to say much about this match, other than if you like the NOAH 6 mans with all the main eventers, check this out. But what i really want to talk about is takashi sugera defeated in the main event keno in 18 minutes and 44 seconds with the ankle hold uh i thought this was awesome and i think this was better than uh hideki versus um nakajima the night before
1: actually yeah i probably have the reverse opinion like i thought this was really really good i just like because nakajima and hideki are like both of my favorite like all all the time but like definitely like of my current like favorite workers so i think that really helped me uh, in that match but i think this was like a great effort as well and it definitely i would pr- say at this point the tag title match is probably my most anticipated match for the sumo hall show like also just because of like how great these singles matches have been like if we can take that quality from these singles matches and then apply that to the tag match as well like i think that will be like an absolute blow away match and just very easily the best match on the show yeah
0: um you know it's funny you said possible match of the year um for hideki versus nakajima i would say that this is flirting like at the like in the lower half of my top 10 like i don't know somewhere between 10 and 12 on my list of like top 10 matches of this year i really liked it that much um, yeah. my only thing is if Kongo doesn't beat Sugera and Hideki do they look like geeks even if they do the angle
1: That uh, the breakup angle I think that depends on the structure of the match to be honest like if Nakajima and if Nakajima and Keno kind of get a lot and it's like they get real close to winning the match but then there's some sort of miss. Communication that causes them to lose the match, and I don't think they look like geeks. Geeks, if they just get beaten by Segura and hideki without anything really being there in the match, then I think they look a lot more like geeks. And then it kind of depends how they play the post-match angle.
0: I should also afterwards. I should also add that's what we sort of talked about before is like a likely possibility, but. I mean, Congo winning the tag titles is not out of the realm of possibly either. And, and you Nosawa's know, booking is not above just having quick transitional champions who don't even make a successful defense, especially with the tag titles.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could see that as well. But then who do they transition the tag titles to if Congo are just. No, probably,
0: like whoever. Oh, probably, like, who I mean, oh, probably Marifuji and whoever X Because the titles had to be vacated.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, yeah, (laughs) that's true. But I mean, I would still expect them to win because I would expect them to then defend against Marufuji and whoever Xs. Right, that's a very good
0: point, actually. Um, So we'll get to X in a second. Um, So yeah, just those matches we mentioned are really the only two uh, matches of notes on the 8th and the 9th. I mean, they were both solid shows, but the undercards were more or less what you see before, right? on every other Noah and Hall show. So the big preview that uh, we will review on the next episode after this one. Uh, So we go to Noah Majestic 2022 and Innovation on April 29th at Tokyo uh, Sumo Hall. Uh, Opening match, Ikuto Hidaka versus Kai Fujimura. That will be fun. Yeah, second match. Yeah, second match, selects the business versus Yasutaku Yano um I'm really puzzled that Slex is a junior I know he was <laughs> in NOAA before but uh he's also big enough to be a heavyweight in NOAA actually by a decent amount uh I know like I've seen Slex versus Kazuchika Okada from 2017 or 2018 yes he looks small against Okada but he will look perfectly fine as a heavyweight in Noah. so I'm a little baffled at this to be honest
1: who's actually more baffling that they made him a junior? Is it Slex or is it uh, Tejano Junior? Because like both of those are like I'm like really scratching my head and being like how are either of these men like classified as juniors especially in a promotion that tends to have like smaller heavyweights as well and well, quite a few of them
0: Crazy Super Crazy is big enough to be a heavyweight in Noah
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah I mean I mean Super Crazy to me makes a bit more sense why he's a junior because he's just been a junior throughout his entire career, but, like, Slag's just this, like, gigantic muscled-up guy, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a junior heavyweight, and he, like, stands next to, like, Nakajima. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't know if this guy's a junior. <laughs> Might want to rethink that. I mean, and maybe they just bring him in as a junior, and then they, like, move him up to heavyweight, because, as you said, he was a junior when he was a Noah before, so maybe that's why they bring him in this one, but it's just kind of baffling. Uh,
0: next match Kotaro, Suzuki versus Yuya Susumu. this is a waste of Suzuki in mind. <laughs> in mind. Yeah. It's just to yeah. sort of forward to keep the factional warfare going.
1: Yeah, I mean re- I mean, that's probably why they did that time limit draw, but like I really hope that Suzuki is just beating Susumu in like I don't know three minutes because I don't think anyf- anything more than that for like a Susumu single, uh, singles match is not gonna be great.
0: Next up, we have a, a match with Nosawa's fingerprints all over it. It's Nosawa, Tejano Jr., and Super Crazy versus Tadesuke, uh Hajime, Ohara, and Shuji Kondo. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, this could actually be good.
1: Yeah. I don't know. No, it definitely I mean, could you be know fun. What? I'm, I'm surprised I'm Kondo's to, coming. I'm trying,
0: to, I'm trying to remember the last time I've ever seen. I've seen Tejano Jr. before, but it's been a long time.
1: So it on. definitely has been, like, when I def- when I used to watch AAA a lot more regularly before it became, like, a lot harder to watch the promotion, like, uh, I remember, like, being, like, a he's like a guy that I like, used to really like, uh, he has kind of dropped off a little bit in recent years, like, because I think he's just kind of slotted in into, like, a certain position in AAA, and I think that has hurt his motivation a little bit, uh, but I think he is a guy that can work really hard when motivated and so hopefully like getting this shot in noah like is something that helps him like regain his motivation but again like slacks like it's just weird that they slot him in as a junior because he's just again relatively tall and heavy and yeah he's like the same weight as like Kitamiya, but he's like i think like three or four centimeters taller than kitamia so yeah i don't know <laughs> it's a weird decision
0: we'll see i mean it's just a it's just a six-man tag so it uh, we'll see how long that lasts i guess we should add it was announced i think like a del dr wagner jr who is definitely a heavyweight uh and um is it alpha wolf and extreme tiger they're staying for three months and Tejano uh,
1: as well it's uh El Hijo de dr wagner staying for free um I think, no, think Tejano is actually staying for three months as well.
0: Yeah. So that should be uh, at least good for spicing up the
1: undercards, I would say. Yeah, definitely, I think. Uh, and that especially makes me curious what they're going to do with Tejano going forward, if they really will keep him as a junior, but it really seems that way. But I think definitely like he's a guy that can really help out the junior division as well. Like He can be just a really good power junior, I guess. <laughs>
0: Next match, the name of this match is translated to "loser ring name stripping match." (laughs) Uh, It means the name is stripped, not that they're stripping in the match. Uh, Hal versus Neo. Uh, This should be really good. I've enjoyed their feud. They've had some heated matches uh, leading up to this, both singles and tags. And I see Hal losing. I think because you know, you want well. You never know with Nosawa's booking, but I think the babyface should go over here.
1: Yeah, I mean, and th- this should be a banger. Uh, they actually added an additional stipulation because it's not just that you need to change your name; it's actually both of them have put up their hair as well. So you lose your name and your hair uh, in this match. So I think that actually adds another wrinkle to it as well. Uh, yeah, I kind of want Neo to lose this match. Yeah, as I said, yeah, I want How to win. Just get like the good, nice, feel-good, baby face win, uh, and yeah i've talked about it before that uh, i want Neo to lose because i just want him to be Hiroki, aka high 69 again so sorry really I, I, I
0: misspoke and i got them mixed up which i haven't done since they actually did the name change <laughs> i said uh, i think how's losing no i think neo is losing yeah we're getting uh, high 69 aka Hiroki, back and then Cause
1: really and, what what is how like gonna change his name back to like yeah it's
0: fine um how translates to overlord in English. Uh, yeah, which is he, tremendous. Like, he definitely needs to keep that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the next match after that, Seki Yoshioka versus Extreme Tiger. Um, I haven't seen Extreme Tiger in years either. He, he's he been around a long time too. So I don't know how, uh, if he's good still. I mean, he was just like a high spot guy and whatever. Yeah. I mean, it could be good. I mean, y- Yoshioka is great and really uh, underrated, I think, uh, in the division. He-
1: Oh, he's forty-one now, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's always been like a guy that, like, whenever I've seen him, he's delivered like really well. But then he just never really sticks around anywhere for like super long. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what he does like in this Nova run. Uh, I think he again could be like a nice like high-flying addition to the division as well. Uh, who do, who do you actually expect to win here? Uh, I mean, Yoshioka is like just returning from injury, so that oh, generally right. in Japan would mean that you lose.
0: I think Extreme Tiger wins because even if he's not going to amount to much, you got to establish him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially
0: this high up on the card.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's just that I like Yoshioka so much that I would just love for him no, to go back into the title match, title mix right away. But yeah, I mean, generally in Japan on your first match back from injury you take the pin and yeah, as I said they need to establish Extreme Tiger because he just looks like a complete jabroni if you just comes into noah and just immediately loses to yoshioka
0: and next we have noah versus zebrats of dragon gate daisuke harada alejandro junta miyawaki versus shun skywalker sb kento and uh, Hio. and uh hey this should be a banger i have high hopes for this one
1: Yeah, definitely. This should be, I mean, I think this has a really good chance to be the best match on this show, and I think it has, like, a low-key chance to be the best match on either of these Sumo Hall shows. Uh, I think the Zebrides trio, like, that's, they are all all three of them are really, really good, and I like the team that Noah has put against them as well. Like, there should just be, like, non-stop action, is basically what I expect out of this. Like, I really expect this to be kind of a classical, like, Dragon Gate six-man tag match where people are just go, 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 go for like 10, 15 minutes. And uh, I think, yeah, that should just be like just an absurd amount of fun. And I'm curious, though, who wins if the Noah team just like beats Brad's and just puts them in the rear view and this is just a one off for the Sumo Hall Show. Or if Brad's wins and then maybe we'll get to see them uh, a couple more times in NOAA going forward.
0: I was kind of leaning towards Zebrats winning this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely see that because I also, I think they would be really good. Alejandro
0: uh, and Junta both yeah. can do a
1: job, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I think it would just be like the most straightforward thing to just have Zebrats win this. And, uh, yeah, they get booked a bit more Noah going forward, which I'm all in favor of.
0: And I guess this would be a good time here given we're talking about drain gate wrestlers to announce that noah uh noah has a deal with i guess like toriumon mexico now
1: well they have a deal with with uh or ultimo just, dragons house right. in mexico <laughs>
0: which is technically toriumon mexico gym but yes. <laughs> it is probably just ultimo dragons house yes yeah uh, because it, it's
1: literally it's called what is it toriumon mexico casa so it's yeah. literally just Torium on Mexico House, and I think he actually talked about the fact that he's not reopening his gym for like training properly. So this really just seems like Ultimo Dragon is gonna like give Noah trainees like a house to stay in while right. they're on excursion in North America. Right,
0: but that, I mean that that means they're gonna be going to they're gonna be going there on excursions.
1: Yeah, which is which is good. Like I think there's a lot of people on the roster that like really desperately need to like go away and then come back with like a fresh gimmick or just like reinvent themselves like a little bit so and then they can get pushed properly once they come back because they kind of like have the stink of losing washed off of them so i think this is a really good deal and it can only lead to positive things for noah
0: in a match uh booked by brett lauderdale uh (laughs) we have a three-way match no there's not enough doors Versus Alpha Wolf versus Ninja Mac. Uh, I don't know it could be fun.
1: I also love the idea that it's, it's Ninja Mac goes to Japan to learn to wrestle like proper matches, and then he just gets put in the freeway first match, and he like, just can't escape it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it definitely feels like it's Alpha Wolf versus Dragonbane, also featuring Ninja Mac. Like, I really have a feeling that that's what this match is going to be. Uh, Do you see Ninja Mac,
0: like, basically, like, lying on the floor for, like, stretches and then just coming in and hitting high spots at times while it's Bane and Wolf doing all the work?
1: Absolutely what I expect to happen in this match, because I also don't think they actually want him to be there. I think they just want to have a singles match against each other, so they're probably just going to tell him, like, "Ah, you you can hit some high spots early on, then we're going to throw you to the outside, and we're going to work each other for 10 minutes, and you can come in at the finish. and do whatever it is that you do. So not the best start to a uh, Ninja Max Noah run, I have a feeling, but like I hope that he will get like other stuff to do going forward and isn't just stuck in this role. What are the
0: chances of Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf shooting on Ninja Max?
1: <laughs> no I don't think so. <laughs> also, as we've seen in Bloodsport, he can probably actually defend himself. So... <laughs> That's true. Uh, so no, I mean if they do any shoots, like it's probably more that Shima will like pay them to do a shoot running on Shima when they have the tag match.
0: <laughs> and our semi-main event for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles, Atsushi katoge and Yohei versus Yoshinari Ogawa and Chris Ridgeway making his return to Noah after since the pandemic, basically. Um, yeah, this should be a another standout match on this show, I would say, and I would belt up a uh, stinger.
1: Yeah, look, Chris Ridgway, he has waited for so long to come back to NOAH, and because uh, he respects Ogawa-san just so much, and so I think the match should be pretty good. No, but <laughs> uh, all joking aside, uh, I think this match should be really, really good. Uh, I, yeah, as he said, they should build up Stinger. Ridgway is an established guy in the, uh, in the promotion. Like, I don't think there's really any issue with him just coming in after like a long time off. Because I think he was also one of the guys that was like most anticipated by like the Japanese uh, fans as well to come back. So uh, yeah, you just build him up right here and just get his uh, run, in no, like it, or restart his run in Noah uh, uh, on a high note.
0: Yep, for sure. I think, and I think it will lead to fresh matchups, which the junior division needs a lot.
1: Yep, yeah. and I think also Ogawa and Retra is one of the best like junior teams they can put together in terms of like in-ring ability
0: yep for sure and in our main event for the ghc junior heavyweight title eta versus hayata yeah uh i don't know what to make of this it could be good maybe could be maybe uh you know is great uh hayata, you know uh, i'm not so high on although he's been actually not bad lately i suppose um he has a great theme uh, I would just say, I don't know. I mean, I could see Ada carrying this thing for a while, but I could see Insuma Hall giving the win to the hometown, he, like, or the company guy, right?
1: Yeah, I could see it go either way. It's just, I don't think there's really a high chance that this match is not going to have just an absurd amount of bullshit in it. So I think that's really what will, like, hold the match back for me if they just had, like, a really straight-up singles match, then I think it could be good, but I don't think that's what we're going to get, because that's not what the build has been at all.
0: So this is, like, what we're getting an evil main event, basically?
1: Uh, yeah, in a way. Like, I don't think anyone is going to get choked with, like, road wires, but I do think there's going to be, like, plenty of run-ins, both from Stinger and Perros uh, Paris Damal. So there's probably going to be, like, some fighting at, like, ringside, and just People getting whipped into the guardrail and, like, outside brawling, and the Ata's probably going to bring out, like, like a bowl of water and shampoo and is going to try and, like, shampoo up Hayata, and then, I don't know, Ogawa runs out for the save. Who knows? Like, it's... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think there's a potential this match is good, but just based on the way the build has been, I don't really have high expectations for it because I just expect it to be just... Well, I mean at the very least, like, because the problem with a lot of the evil matches is that they were, like, super long and then you get the bullshit. Like, I don't think that's going to be the case in this match. I don't actually expect this match to go super long. Like, I would say it's, like, 20 minutes tops for this. So, I think that kind of limits how bad it could be. But I'm just, my expectations are pretty low for this match.
0: Uh, I don't know I'm cautiously optimistic I think because at the same time like you kind of want to make a big good impression for the main event in an all junior sumo hall show right it can't be that dumb I
1: don't know I mean you would expect it but again like if you just look at the way the build has been like that that's the kind of match that they have built up oh yeah this, with this the build.
0: involve shampoo yeah <laughs> to build up to this match right
1: and then you had like the and then you had like the and then you had like the no contest between Los perros and uh, stinger and then you had the singles match that went to a double pinfall between susumu and suzuki and yeah
0: so um, what do you think this draws and what would you consider a success
1: uh, i really don't have a good feeling for what this draws so if we compare it to kind of the other cyberfight shows that we've had in sumo hall recently so the Tokyo Joshi show drew one thousand seven hundred, if I remember correctly, and then the yep. uh, uh, and then the DDT anniversary show drew two thousand
0: two hundred.
1: Yep. Yeah. So I think for the junior show, if they draw if they draw anything less than one thousand two hundred, I think that's really bad.
0: I think. I, do you think they outdraw Tokyo
1: Joshi though? No, I, I probably, don't. Oh, oh, you don't, eh? Okay. No, I don't think they will. I mean, it just isn't really, like, I mean, yeah, Hayata Eta is a big match, but then, I don't know, there isn't really much of any, like, aside from, like, the Zebrats, like, there's free matches on the show that I would ha- say have, like, good meat on them that I think can be, like, actual proper drawing matches, but then everything else isn't really, uh, like, it definitely not doesn't feel like it's Sumo Hall-worthy at the very least. I mean, I definitely will draw like based on like novelty that it's like, oh, it's a complete junior show in Sumo Hall put on by Noah. I think that will help it. And there's probably going to be like a lot of people that will just buy tickets to both shows. Right. Uh, But I'm not confident of of how much this card by itself will be able to draw.
0: Well, see, I was going to say I would consider 2000 a success. But now you've maybe sort of questioned that, that I was maybe a little optimistic on that number.
1: Yeah, I don't even know if actually, like, the second show will actually draw 2,000, to be honest. Like, I think that second show will definitely outdraw the Tokyo Joshi show, because if it doesn't, that's bad, that's actually kind of a disaster, Uh, because just given on how, where, like, Cyberfight wants to position Noah, like, if it, like, draws less than Tokyo Joshi, which is kind of the third brand, basically, like, that's not great. uh if the noah show if the junior show actually does outdraw tokyo joshi i think that's a massive success and i think you definitely can count it as a success if it gets close to where the joshi show was
0: okay so yeah maybe i should revise things downward some of my predictions Mm -hmm. um because i I thought long and hard at this about this and i thought like oh they can do 2500 but you're right they probably can't <laughs>
1: the junior show no <laughs> like no. it's just if you just look at the card that there just isn't enough meat i'm on not the bone sure now.
0: there's going to be that many dragon gate fans buying tickets for this because they sort of are on their own thing
1: yeah and i also don't think that they're going to be like i mean maybe they're going to be interested in seeing like an eta like big singles match and like see like zebras as well so i think like you're definitely going to get like some additional tickets being sold to like Dragon Gate fans. No, Gate. it's not. Like, it's not gonna be like all the Dragon Gate fans that have never seen. Noah all of a sudden, gonna be like, oh, hey, Ata's in a big singles match. I better buy tickets to this show. But mm-hmm. you will still get like a good contingent of Dragon Gate fans at the show. So, like, I definitely think it helps.
0: Right, um, and then we move on to the following day on April thirtieth for Noah Majestic twenty. 22 and so the f- opening match on that one uh still on opening match sort of junior duty we got sex and kai fujimura versus kenya okada and Yasutaku yano that could actually be a really great uh, opener
1: yeah uh result isn't really in any doubt but yeah it should at least be a lot of fun
0: and then uh second match on the show the obligatory comedy match uh Funky Express, King Tani, Mohammed Yone, and Akatoshi Saito versus Mandibu Soya, Tadasuke, and Hajime Ohara. Uh, I don't know. It'll be one of those matches, right? They're not bad, yeah, but they're no. just repetitive.
1: I mean, you, you. I mean, you can pretty much just like think of all of the spots that will happen in this match already, and they are going to happen exactly when you expect them to happen. And I mean, it's a Funky Express match. Like, it's gonna be nice opening match fodder.
0: And uh, the following match is one of those get-everybody-on-the-show matches. Nosawa, Eita, Tejano Jr., Kotaro Suzuki, and Super Crazy versus Hayata, Yoshinari Ogawa, Chris Woodray, Sekiyoshi Yoka, and Yuya Susumu. Ten-man tag could be good if they work it straight, or it could just descend into a bunch of silliness.
1: I mean, it would probably descend into a bunch of silliness, and I do expect that we will get the uh, uh, first challengers for Gavan and Rich Ray out of this match.
0: Yeah, definitely. And what could be really fun, or a certain wrestler in this could completely, totally drag it down, Kazushi, Kazushi Sakuraba and Ken Okashin versus Masaki Mochizuki and Don Fuji.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about a guy that like draws into Dragon Gate fans, Don Fuji. <laughs> like, I, I'm actually really looking forward to Don Fuji. I love him. I mean, how can you not love Don Fuji? I am Don Fuji. Goodbye. It is still an all-time great uh, wrestling moment from the uh, Uha Nation uh, goodbye show at, in Dragon Gate. And, yep, no, I mean, he's a guy that knows exactly what he's doing in the ring. Uh, he knows his limitations and how to work within them. So and he's really good at comedy as well. So I think like when if Kendo Kashin tries to throw Don Fuji off the balcony, I think that will actually be funny <laughs> this time. That could
0: very well happen. But see Kendo Kashin you know it's funny because i used to really like him when he was uh, in new japan in the late 90s but kendo Kashin can literally single-handedly drag down like a, multi- a multi-man tag match with a bunch of other great workers <laughs> well to time... be fair i mean
1: if he wants to throw him off a balcony though that is actually like a little bit harder to do in sumo hall because that is just kind of a longer way to go around to actually get upstairs so they would have to stall for like quite a bit <laughs>
0: Or he could throw him off the top of, you know, the entrance, like entrances, and because oh, like, people yeah. have jumped off of those before, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah actually, yeah, you yeah.
1: can you can throw him off of off of the entrance, yeah, above the entrance where, yeah, that probably makes it. Yeah, he's probably going to do that.
0: <laughs> and in the following match, got two big returns in this match: Masato Tanaka and Daiki and Abba versus Rene Dupree and uh, <laughs> Alhijo de Doctor Wagner Jr
1: yeah the last winners of the uh, was it already called the n one tag league i don't remember what it was. i think it was still globally it was still the global tag league right yeah, yeah they haven't done league. it since then <laughs> so these guys are still the winners uh i mean they never i mean hey they never really lost their titles right so they, they technically owed a not... rematch
0: i think they win here and maybe challenge for the titles yeah
1: no i could i could definitely see them uh challenge for the titles relatively quickly and... as well.
0: Uh, Dupree's wife is Japanese so he could probably very well likely be staying around. Ah, for a couple of months okay too.
1: I was I was always wondering why he would get booked in Japans so regularly but so it's like more like a quiet storm situation where it's just real like he doesn't actually need a visa because he's married to a Japanese person. right. but I think he
0: was ah. back in Canada during the pandemic.
1: Yeah yeah which I mean can't really fault him for that but yeah I mean he's okay like he's not bad. I mean, he's also younger than you think he is because he was just yeah, so young during this WWE run. Yeah,
0: Because he was 19 when he was like first yeah. on WWE TV.
1: So, no, I mean, he's perfectly acceptable. And I think Dr. Wagner... Oh, El, he or the Dr. Wagner... Uh, is, uh, I think he's improved a lot. Like I think he's actually been helped really like a ton by having this run on NOAH. I haven't really seen him all that much in the last two years. So I'm kinda curious if he's like if he's kind of stalled out in his development or if he's actually taken another step.
0: I guess it just depends on how much he's been working and I haven't actually checked that out. So yeah. he could be good, it's... I think. Probably. I mean yeah. so we'll see. I think they win and they challenge for the whoever wins the tag title matchup we'll get to. Next, uh, I'm sure the eager, most eagerly awaited match on the show for many people. Uh, Masa Kinamia versus Michael Elgin and uh, first of all I have to say what are the chances of this match even taking place at this rate?
1: I mean it could very well happen that Elgin just talks himself out of the booking <laughs> as he's want to do because I think that's the biggest thing that Michael Elgin ever realized like all of the like he I needs mean, a piece of shit uh, but one of the things that Michael Elgin never has realized that his biggest enemy is not the people like criticizing him, it's himself, and he just keeps talking himself out of jobs by himself, because he just can't let things go. But I mean, I'm all in favor if he actually talks himself out of this booking as well. I mean, as for the match itself... Um there's a wide variety of like what could happen here. Yeah, I mean, Elgin hasn't really wrestled in like two years.
0: He worked a he worked for one of those Lucha shows on WrestleMania weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. With I Psycho mean... Clown, I think. Well, not against, him, but it was a mm-hmm. tag match. I can't remember who else was in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like if I know, I'm not bringing him in, like because a of all of the stuff that like has come out about him. Well,
0: I mean, that's gotten that's gotten some traction among Japanese fans, but yeah. I don't know how widespread it is, right? Because yeah. It, I'm going to be brutally honest here. I don't think international fans are going to be able to get Michael out. No booted, but I think Japanese fans could, if they raise the stink about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, but I think like, even like aside from all of that, like I wouldn't bring him in because like, even in Japan, it's known that he's just a massive pain in the ass and like, not a good like influence in the locker room as well. Just well, based on all of the stories. Chances of
0: him yeah. and Simon Gotch getting into a fist fight backstage during the show. <sighs>
1: I mean it will i have it there's a very high chance it will happen at some point <laughs> if they both stay or stick around yeah. I could very well like or him like or like just imagine if he has like a match of like dragon Bane or like alpha wolf and that develop like devolving into a shoot as well like that that's the reason like why would you bring this guy in like there's just so much known stuff of him that is being like a complete like locker room cancer as well, well
0: i mean he's basically, i don't know. All I've ever heard is him getting in arguments with or fights with other foreigners. I've never heard of any issues he's had with Japanese talent. But maybe yeah, that's true, are, yeah. Because his
1: main issues in New Japan were with Cobb and uh, uh, and War Machine. Right. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of a baffling decision I to mean, like, bring it, him it, in.
0: If, if you're outraged at this, and, and I understand why you are, this man is self-destructive enough that he could be gone very fast oh yeah yeah.
1: like it could very well be that like like that's the thing like the match with Kitamiya like that could be like a great match but it could also just devolve into like a complete mess as well so Uh, I don't know I don't know if he's
0: completely like the thing is well I mean right because he had those other quick breach runs Mm -hmm. in Japan I'm not sure he would be so completely unprofessional against another Japanese wrestler
1: no yeah I mean it's just that because he hasn't worked and so like again we don't know how rusty is yeah
0: yeah, how rusty he is.
1: Yeah, and because Kitamiya is also someone that can that has like, he's not the most consistent singles match worker either. Right. So uh, what I would
0: yeah. do, obviously like Elgin's winning this. Yeah, <laughs> ob- absolutely.
1: D- him, yeah. If he doesn't, I I'd be shocked if he loses this match. But yeah, which means that we'll have to deal with more Michael Elgin and Noah going forward. Well, until he inevitably screws himself until he inevitably burns this bridge like he has burned every other bridge with every other promotion he's ever worked with before
0: it's sort of impressive that he managed not to burn the Noah bridge actually
1: well he didn't really have a chance because he only worked like one match and then the pandemic happened so yeah
0: well and noah was trying to bring him in uh at one point but impact said no
1: oh really interesting yeah
0: because because it turned out that algin was under contract with Impact and they were just going to let it run out and then he sued Impact and then Impact released him but I think I read they wanted to bring him in a couple of months ago Mm -hmm. and Impact wouldn't let it happen
1: I mean that might be interesting to think about like who X might be because like not to like get into that discussion already but like if X for example is someone like Eddie Edwards that's interesting that like Impact would be then very willing to let him go to Noah and yeah
0: I think Eddie has a little more leeway I and mean, yeah,
1: works, <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> he,
0: and he works a lot of indie shows. Yeah. Um, but I don't really, at the same time, I don't really think Impact really cares about the Noah relationship as long as they can get New Japan wrestlers.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I think Eddie has been working like a Noah gimmick, basically, and Impact as But not. I don't
0: think it's impossible that it's Eddie, actually, yeah. at all. But we'll get to that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, God knows what will happen with this one. Number seven, and another... A uh, bewildering match for the GHC national title, Masukatsu Funaki versus Simon Gotch. Um, Gotch is not a bad wrestler, but he's not as good as he thinks he is, especially at these sort of styles. Yeah, that's something about that that the shooty, think. the catch stuff, right? It's not going to be a disaster, but well, I mean, Funaki doesn't go long and he works a certain type of match. Like, if this was, like, Sugera versus Gotch, I'd say it could be, like, a three-and-a-half-star match or something. I don't know what this will be, but I would assume Funaki wins this.
1: Yeah, I have, like, zero interest in this match. It's just it's just nothing about it that excites me. It's, like, just out of, like, all of the potential national title matches we could have gotten, this is what we get. Simon Gotch. I am baffled
0: Ugh. by some of Noah's foreigner choices, given the budget they now have.
1: hmm right yeah yeah i mean it seems like just a random grab back like
0: okay algin has a record in japan and he he's popped numbers before um because when big japan brought him in he actually did a really good number for them
1: oh yeah i know i definitely get it from that angle yeah. so
0: so from that perspective but gosh makes no sense no
1: just, like, it just doesn't make any sense no like why I mean, bring this is
0: guy timothy in now? stature available <laughs> you know like even, no here's the know, thing i hat.
1: take timothy fetcher 50 times over simon gotch i love Timothy if fetcher give me a timothy fetcher hideki suzuki tag team and have them like like run roughshod over like the tag division for like a year thank you very much now
0: it, look i i get there's a lot of i'm not gonna say the indies are completely like devoid of talent and, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are sort of focusing on if they're not in AEW, getting into AEW. But, again, just yeah, I don't get why it's Simon Gotch. You could still have done better with what's out there.
1: Yeah. No, That this just seems like they just looked at, like, the American indie scene and then just drew a random name out of a hat and were like, guess we're booking Simon Gotch and we're going to put him against Funaki. I at, wonder like, if
0: they think he's, like, show. more of a catch-slash-shooter guy than they think. Like, they like he's successfully mm. sort of worked them into thinking that he's this, like, <laughs> you know, shoot-style guy or, like, catch expert.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't shock me. I mean, are they also banking maybe on using the Gotch name as well? Like, that's one thing I'm curious about. Yeah, yeah. Where they might try and, like, work fans into thinking that he's, like, related to Carl Gotch.
0: It would not shock me if they said he was his great-grandson or, like, yeah.
1: something like that. Which, know. in that case, does he have a chance of winning?
0: No, because I could see actually Elgin taking that title off of Funaki. Yeah,
1: Ugh. but uh, I don't know. But then why not just put Elgin against Funaki at the show? Like,
0: to build it up to something? Because you could might be able to pop a decent, like, corking Gate
1: with Elgin versus Funaki. Maybe, but you also want to sell tickets to your big Sumo Hall show. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just very baffling booking. Like I, don't, like, I just don't get it at all. And it's just... Very uninspiring national title match. Just disappointing. Yeah, and it'll go like less than ten minutes probably. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, it definitely won't be long. I mean, if it is, then it's gonna be because it's also it's also because because Scotch is this kind of grappling style. We will like get grappling funaki funaki and not striking funaki. So that just limits this match as well.
0: And then after that, uh, interesting placement on the card for that national title match, actually, because after that, we got Daisuke Harada, Atsushi Kotoge, Yohei, and Junta Miyawaki versus Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf, Extreme Tiger, and Ninja Ninja Mac. And what will know, that would be a spot fest.
1: Yeah, I mean, that definitely will wake the crowd back up.
0: Is pretty good and solid and grounded, so this actually could be quite good.
1: Yeah, Uh, it should be as i said this should be a fun spot fast and that's definitely going to like wake the crowd back up after the previous match i don't know definitely has a chance to bring the crowd down a bit so hopefully this will get people reinvested into the show and i think it's also like a nice palate cleanser mm-hmm. as well
0: number nine neomichi marafuji and x versus kaito kiyomiya and yoshiki Inamura. now we said um eddie edwards which is possible mm-hmm. I wouldn't rule it out, and Eddie Edwards did represent himself as Noah in his match against Tomohiro Ishii on WrestleMania weekend on the Impact show. Mm-hmm. So he was he was playing up that he's still connected to Noah. Uh, I could see it. I don't know. Perhaps I don't uh, because people were speculating it's Bob Sapp too, which <laughs> I thought was
1: hilarious. I mean that's yeah. I mean, I mean why frankly, not? It kind if of fits. Bob Sapp
0: falling Muto into yet another promotion would not be unusual.
1: Yeah i mean the the thing really with x is because they've been hyping it up so much that it does need to be someone with a name but they the thing the is biggest the biggest f- name hmm? or what did they say it's the biggest x ever yeah or the did biggest they say it was x. a former
0: ghc champion
1: no i don't think they did that no, okay. did it say, they, they said it's the biggest name x ever it was also what the No global tweet said as well so but again, like, the thing is, like, you need to find a guy that is, he needs to fit two criteria, basically. He A, he needs to be a name that warrants all of this hype. But B, he can't be that big that you wouldn't want to put him on the poster to sell tickets, which makes it very hard. It doesn't really leave a lot of people. So, and here's actually an interesting theory. Like, I don't think you've really seen that one, or I don't know if you've seen that one being thrown around, that would be Morishima. And I don't know if that is in any way, shape, or form possible. I've seen that thrown
0: around, but don't you announce Morishima return match?
1: You would, but I think there is an argument to be made to have this big surprise return and just have this really feel-good moment where Morishima's music hits and just it's this really nice big moment in Sumo Hall. Because I mean, what they also say that like X will be revealed with the theme, because again, that leads me to believe that it's a theme that people will recognize.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, And the other thing as well is because he's teaming with Marufuji, Fuji and they just announced that M's Alliance is back as well. Okay. So, and that, again, like, to me is, like, another indicator that it's probably going to be someone that starts with an M. Mudo. <laughs> Mudo. Mudo would be one. But, again, Mudo I would put on the poster. Mudo, Mudo I would put on the, uh, right. I want to use to sell tickets. So, it could be Morishima. could be, another one that if I was actually thinking about would be Minoru Suzuki. But that would be, like, the least exciting
0: I think he's still in the States option. for a bit.
1: Yeah, so, exactly. Like, he's, he have, booked, he's booked he on... Is he booking Instame? He is booked in AIW on the weekend before. I haven't really looked into it yet if he has bookings on the following weekend. I mean he would be someone that would be instantly recognizable from his theme because it would also need to be someone that can use their like regular theme as well. So it couldn't be like a big jump from like another promotion because they couldn't wouldn't be able to like keep their theme. But obviously Suzuki w- owns the rights to or Suzuki has like the rights to
0: Kazanina Ray. There's no way Kenta's healed, right? That's probably impossible.
1: No, Kenta. Kenta, I think, is like still out for like too long. And again, yeah. Kenta to me is I like a guy. I thought Kenta was going to be at least six months. Yeah, and to me, Kenta is also like because he is like a New Japan guy. Like, if I'm New Japan, then I would want Kenta to return from injury on my show, not right. another promotion's show. So that's why I also don't think it's Kenta. Like again, like this, not that many people that would like fit a criteria. That's why I think like someone like Eddie would be a good shout. Because,
0: But they've hyped it too big to be Eddie, though.
1: Yeah. Because, like, yeah, again, like, the biggest ex ever, like, it's just...
0: Unless this is a Tony Khan thing. <laughs>
1: I mean, again, it's wrestling, so, like, that's the thing. Like, they've hyped it up so much that it can actually only be a disappointment in a way. <laughs> so, I mean, it may very well be Muto being rushed back from injury, and then they just... What if it...
0: Well, if we're going to keep with that, it could be Christian, right? Be like, <laughs> it's you know, Christian. The big it's superstar in yeah, Hall of Famer, and then still be like, uh,
1: you know, a little uh, yeah. underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, who really could it be that would be like someone that could jump? Because like, there aren't really that many people like that are like, because everyone else is kind of under contract. And I also don't know how much Nova would want to like endanger their like relationship with New Japan, which has been relatively cordial. Yeah. So I don't think there would be, like, I don't know if there's, like, Shibata drums to Noah. Like, I don't think that's, like, a likely thing that will happen, because Noah's, like, the one that would allow him to, like, work more regularly. I mean, actually, (laughs) yeah. I mean, another name that I've seen thrown around would be Kushida. Um I think that would like be a really good get for Noah. He's been
0: in talks with New Japan. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like
1: just based on what's come out, like, it just seems much more likely that he just... Like, for a while there, I was thinking it was Kushida, especially when they put out that video with, like, the spaceship and the yeah. astronaut and everything. I was like, okay, that's probably Kushida. But then just reading the reports afterwards, it just seems more likely that he just goes back to New Japan. But I think it somewhat depends because it's just come out that, like, he's pitched stuff to New Japan. Right. Right. And it to me really the crux here is because he doesn't want to be really like exclude like he doesn't really want to be a junior anymore because that was one of the main reasons why he left New Japan in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if no if New Japan wouldn't really be willing to make him a heavyweight and Noah would just be like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, like you can be a heavyweight, that's works perfectly for us. We have like smaller heavyweights anyway, so you can be one. Uh, and is also making him a decent offer money-wise, then I think there is a chance Noah could get him. But it, I would put that maybe I would say like it's probably like 80% he goes to New Japan and then maybe 20% he goes to like Noah if he comes back to Japan and doesn't just stay in the U.S.
0: Yeah, um, this is sort of really interesting because it could be a big name and it could be huge, it could be a little bit of a letdown. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm pretty sure of? Who? inamura is taking the job oh, doing the yes, job oh yes no <laughs>
1: it's very obvious which side of the match is going to win here like that i think that is not under any kind of doubt oh, what if it's like Murakami? yeah
0: or he was in Segura gun
1: but uh... yeah true yeah cuz i'm just trying so to yeah, think I guess yeah i don't this, this is you know, i mean it is definitely intriguing it's a lot of fun to speculate but obviously like speculating a lot is also kind of a recipe for setting yourself up to like be disappointed as well so but it's definitely it's definitely the most intriguing part of the show on who actually comes out here
0: and then our semi-main event is the for the GHC tag team title uh as we mentioned earlier Sugeraga Takashi Sugera and Hideki Suzuki versus Keno and Katsuhiko Nakajima um I think we already sort of went all through the sort of scenarios Mm -hmm there's a pretty good chance that, you know, Sugara and Suzuki win and then Keno and Nakajima begin the Congo, like breakup or, you know, Keno and Nakajima win because it's, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility either, especially with the way they book the matches building up to this. So, um, I'm leaning 60, 40 Sugara and Suzuki retaining, I think.
1: Yeah. I'm probably like 70, Sugura Segura and Tideki retaining, uh, but I think it should be a great match. I think out of everything on the card, this has the highest chance to be like an actual like match of the year contender. For sure. Because you have four tremendous oh. workers in there.
0: And all of Sugera and Suzuki's tag matches have delivered.
1: Yeah. Like I'm not sure how good Kano and Nakajima are as a tag team, because I don't think they've had that many straight up two-on-two tag matches with each other.
0: Not a ton, no.
1: Yeah, so I'm curious, like, how their chemistry is going to be in a tag match. But I mean, they're good enough to like overcome, uh, overcome that that they haven't really teamed all that much with each other. And we know that Nakajima is a great tag worker, so I think like there's definitely like super high expectations for this match. For sure. So I think it'll be the best match of the show. Yeah, yeah, I think easily. Uh,
0: Unless X is, like, Kenny Omega or
1: something. That would be... I mean, yeah, no, I mean... Or, like, some elite-level
0: worker, but I think this will be the match of the show. What if it's Moxley? I mean, he starts with an M, M's alliance. Moxley and Inamura going at it could, uh, uh,
1: you know, make it into the match of the night, that's for sure. Yeah, no. I mean, but, yeah, um, going back to the match, like, yeah. As I said, like, Probably there is a danger as well, like having these high expectations as well, where like I might actually be disappointed if it's not a match of the year contender and they don't at least go like four and a half. If I only go like four stars on this match, I might be like, oh, it wasn't as good as I expected. But yeah, no, I'm really, really, really looking forward to this one.
0: And our main event for the GHC heavyweight title, Kazuyuki Fujita versus Go Shiozaki. I think Go wins. Uh, if go doesn't win, he finally gets geeked because he sort of held out being the longest sort of established Noah guy not getting geeked out by the old men. Uh, and the way that they've been building to this with like Fujita standing over like go after like these the multi-man tag matches pouring beer all over him. like if go loses he that's the biggest geeking ever, right? Yeah,
1: no like go go absolutely has to win here. It's just the way they do this win up here? as well. Does Go win here? Yeah. I think Go wins here. Okay. Uh, because of just... Yeah. I mean, it's not just the way that like Fujita has been like humiliating Go like with like the beer pouring and everything. But he's also been doing this like really disingenuous like like baby face ace kind of thing as well where it's like... No, no. I'm like... Did you see like the shirt that they put out now where it's like I am Noah. So yep. like just very clearly like just trying to piss off Go and just disrespecting him and just like him like deliver what What was it what did he deliver to the dojo like he delivered like ham or something to the dojo uh, and just him just really like being like oh no 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 look i'm the ace i'm the one carrying this promotion so i think it's just very clearly building up to like he's uh, he's obviously the heel in this feud and it's just building up to like go like finally like shutting this guy up and taking his title back so I think now, I mean, it, you never know. But like, it just that's just seems to be what the story here is.
0: Well, given Fujita is someone that can politic, uh, Go has already defeated Fujita in a GHC heavyweight title match. F- maybe Fujita wants his win back, or maybe Fujita throws a hissy fit the night before well, or something. I don't know. Fujita, I mean, can, that's not Fu- Fu- Fujita can Fujita can get his win back in the <N1> end. But you never
1: know, right? right. Now, to me, Fujita can get his win back in the N1. Like He doesn't need yeah. to get his win back now. So
0: I'm going to say, yes, go wins, but you can never say never on this. Like no, Certainly no, don't yeah. bet large sums of money on the results of this match, is what I would tell you. No,
1: I would probably go like 80-20. Well, probably 85-15 go wins. I'll go 80-20. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I can't feel that safe in Noah, no, to yeah. be honest with you. It's
1: until Fujita does yeah. like a proper job to someone that is not named Segura. So there's definitely some yep. trepidation you need to have of, like, how things go. Paul, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you.
0: I can't hear you. You've broken oh. up. Uh... Can't hear you still. Okay.
1: Let me take a look. Let me go out and come back. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. This this is the advantage of local recording. So this won't mess that up. I will just have to like edit that section out later.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, so we were talking before we got interrupted about, uh, Fujina possibly winning, uh, so we hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it's going to happen. So let's get onto the topic of attendance for the show. What do you think is a success?
1: What do you think actually happens? I think 2000 and above is a success anything less than a Joshi show is an absolute disaster.
0: Yep. Um, they, they should draw more than uh, Judgment, shouldn't
1: they? Ideally? Ideally, yeah. Ideally, they should. But the thing is, like, Takashita and Endo is, like, the biggest match DDT could put on. Right. And I don't think Fujita and Go is on that level. So, I'm not, like, that's really the thing that the thing that I have with these shows is like, I do love that they gave the juniors their own show, but I would definitely yeah. say that like if you combine these two shows or if you just take like the top matches from either show, make that one card. Uh, that card definitely has a chance of like outdrawing the DDT show, but I think mm-hmm. just separately, I don't think it has a chance. Like I think two thousand to me like that's. Probably like the upper limit. I mean, maybe. they should have.
0: Yeah, uh, they should have just done. They should have tried a bigger, like, uh not a bigger, like a Korokan mm-hmm. Hall, because they they were starting at like they were doing the end innovation shows at Yokohama Radiant Hall, which yeah. under non-pandemic conditions is what 300 people, maybe. Yeah, and then go from that, that straight
1: that, to Suma Hall is so quite a jump.
0: They they should have tried Korokan first, or even Yokohama Budokan, or something. Yeah. I think going to Sumo Hall was a bit ambitious. I mean, I like the idea behind it and what they're trying to do with the Noah Juniors. Yeah,
1: no, I I do like I do definitely like I definitely applaud like their moxie of like doing this like, and I wanted to see it succeed. Like that's the thing as well. Just not sure that based on the cards that they've put forward, how much they're actually going to draw.
0: Yeah, and if it's a disaster, they pull the plug on it. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? So that's why. That's why I really hope that the junior... Like, if the junior show draws anywhere near what the uh, heavyweight show draws, regardless of what the heavyweight show draws, then I think that's a success for the junior show. Yeah. And then for the heavyweight show, yeah, it really depends. Like, really, the range for me is, like, somewhere in... I think it will draw somewhere in between the Tokyo Joshi show and the DDT show. I'm going to say,
0: ideally, I would call 2,500 a success. Honestly. Oh,
1: 2,500 is a massive success. 2,500... I don't really think it will get there, but I think if it draws that, then this is like a massive, massive success and uh, really good sign for Noah. But I just, just based on the cards that we have, like I don't see that happening. Right.
0: Well, we'll have to possibly move go from the can draw, can't politic to the can't draw, can't politic square after this.
1: Well to be fair I think if they draw more than 2000 I think then we can definitely leave go in a, like the can draw category.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Paul any more thoughts on anything that we've covered th- uh, this week?
1: Uh, no nothing very much. Like I mean, I seem like a little bit down on shots but I'm actually really really looking forward to them.
0: I am too. And I'm so I'm excited about X, to be honest. It
1: yeah, could yeah. go either way. No. Right? <laughs> I'm just going to be really curious like if it is actually Minoru Suzuki, I'm actually going to be disappointed. That's like the only one that I'm going to be disappointed because either it's going to be like a really big surprise and a really feel good moment, or it's just going to be like a really big shit show. And that's at least like something to make fun of.
0: For sure. Definitely. And so uh, on our next episode is going to be a big one because we're going to be covering those two shows and the rest of the Champion Carnival, including the finals. So that will be a big, big episode, quite possibly our biggest ever, given all of what's going on in, the comp- in All Japan and NOAA. And so just before we go, I uh, forgot to mention it at the, at the beginning, but you can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show. And for Paul Vosch, I'm Gerard DiTrollo, and we'll see you in two weeks.